hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sharon and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm pumped that you're here to hang out with us today because today's a special episode. I've got my good friend, Kelly Donahue Piro on the show. Um, she's not only the guest on the show today, but she's also, her company, Agency Performance Partners, is a new sponsor of the show. So I'm super excited to announce that. And uh, you're going to hear a little bit more about her uh, company. You can also go back to uh, episode 20 something and hear more. Uh, Today, we're not really going to get into a whole lot about APP or get into a lot about her company or have a commercial for her show. We're going to dive in a little bit more about who Kelly is behind the scenes. And this is more of a personal type of uh, conversation that I really think it's important for you to get to know the person behind the videos that you get every week or the person behind the post on LinkedIn and the person off the stages that you might have heard her on. Uh, Kelly's a uh, phenomenally successful human being, but I want to dive into why and how she became that way. And so this is a you know very cool conversation about that. Um, so I can't wait for you to hear that. This episode is sponsored by my good friends over at Smart Choice. Smart Choice is uh, very important to me. Uh, they are the fastest growing agency network for a reason. Uh, they have uh, no lengthy contracts, no upfront fees. They share in bonus and contingencies. Go to smartchoiceagents.com and learn more. Uh, book a, a time to visit with one of their local reps. Uh, you can click on a map there and find that. I also want to talk to you about Andy Priestman and his uh his company over at CoverDesk. They do a great job. I just recently uh, got to have dinner with him and his team and really learn more about what they do and how they do it. And uh, now working with APP, I even get to work closer with some of those VAs as APP has uh, three, I think, uh, CoverDesk uh, VAs that, oh my gosh, they are hands down wonderful, incredible uh, people to work with. And they come in just like they're part of the team. You don't know. I mean, they are part of the team, but I I don't know the difference between uh, the VAs versus uh, the employees of the agency because they're bought in. They're her employees. They're our employees. Uh, I just, I love working with a team of VAs there. They take so much um, and they do so much for your agency, Uh, whether you want them to come in and and do quoting for you or come in and do um, your endorsements and your uh, vehicle changes, things like that. Um, or I've seen agencies that use them for their own personal assistant for that matter. So um, coverdesk.com, go check it out. Get your, get your demo. They do a great job. On to today's episode. I cannot wait for you to hear it. Uh, sit back and enjoy a different style of interview with me and my friend, Kelly Donahue Piro. Kelly Donahue Piro, what's happening? Uh, Heath Sharon, the mayor. You know what? So many things are happening. It's kind of a it's kind of a big time of year, you know. It is, and for you, it's even bigger because you've got a big day coming up. Do you want to tell the audience about a big day for you? It's tough. Well, my big day already happened. It was a day you officially became an official team member on November first. That was that was. Uh, a good day. You, you don't have to suck up to the mayor. It's all good. I appreciate it though. Then I but have my tenth got... anniversary on October seventh, so that was a big day. That's a big day. We're going to get into that. You're stealing all my thunder before I even get there. <laughs> you got another big day coming up, and it's tough to talk about a women and their age. But for you, this is a. I'm big open one. about it. I'm open about it. This is a big <laughs> one for you. Let's talk about this. Minute. I turned 40 on November 24th. If everybody just fell out of their chair and thinking, I thought Kelly was 25. It's the Zoom you know? optimizer. It works wonders. <laughs> That's very true. But uh, the big 4-0 
And I was telling you earlier today, uh, that's been a struggle for me. I'm, and you just said it a minute ago, I'm more of a girl than you in some things. And for me, 40 hit me pretty hard. Uh, now Does that I'm, statement it needs to be deleted just for EPLI purposes. I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> good I, I don't know how. So we're going straight raw here. No, <laughs> that's right. We're gonna. I, I gave you the all access Oprah Winfrey. Try yes. to make Kelly cry. The other side of Kelly Donahue Piro that people I, don't know interview of the century. I, I want to break podcast cry. history with this. Do you cry? Uh, I have cried. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have before. I've probably cried more today than you have in your entire life. <laughs> but uh, it, you know what? I um, I am a sucker for a Hallmark movie. Uh, oh my those God. get me. Those They're get my me pretty hard. My husband teases me, and he's just like, "Are you crying?" I'm like, "Of course I'm crying." <laughs> Stacy makes fun of me because I get my fat pants on, I sit down with the popcorn, and I watch the Hallmark movies, all of them. I love them, and the Lifetime, yeah, they're good. Yeah, so, I, I, I can, I'll cry on those for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I even cry at the certain commercials around holiday time with the dogs or with the the people crying they haven't seen their family anyway yeah i do get there's actually there's a i get a little teary-eyed at this one delta commercial when you're taking off and this little kid's like in a pilot sound like salutes the pilot i get a little teary-eyed because i think it's so cute because he wants to be a pilot and the pilot is him (laughs) so yes i do cry i do cry (laughs) there you go well if it happens it happens we'll just see you're putting pressure on me now but so before we get into CryFest 3000, let's get into walk down memory lane. Okay. So tell me about you. Tell the audience. It's been a year or more since you've been on the show. So let's go down memory lane and remind people who you is. Who, who am I? Um, well, I'm a girl who grew up in Willimantic, Connecticut. Uh, as I was actually a minority in my high school. Um, we had a daycare and a police officer stationed at our high school. So yeah, it was not the, it was a little rough area. The schools actually threatened to be decredited um, a couple of times, but, you know, it taught me about all different ways of people living and things like that. My dad was, um, he was in sales back when you got in your car and went place to place. He had a car phone, which was a big deal back in the day. My mom used to call him to pick up milk and they'd get into a large argument because, you know, like that gallon of milk costs like $7. Uh, my mom is a third grade school teacher, so it's amazing that I'm now a sales coach and trainer. So we got that going for us. Um, and then I went to college, went the exact opposite route, went to bougie college, $45,000 a year, 20 years ago, college, uh, self-financed, very exciting on that front. Um, and uh, got a degree in relationship marketing. So back in the day, do you remember before you had like the CVS card and like your grocery card? Well, we were breaking new ground with that, Keith. That's what I studied was wow. how do you pick up all those consumer data points and turn them into that big, long CVS receipt you get today? (laughs) So yeah, I studied something without a textbook, uh, which was a great cost savings when you're self-funding your college education. Um, Yeah, I graduated. And in the summers, I worked as a bank teller. So um, we got incentivized to tee up financial services products. So insurance, mortgages, credit cards, and I got really good at it. Because if you this was, by the way, just a format life, again, turning 40. Um, When I was 18, there was no such thing as a debit card. There was an ATM card that was just breaking ground. Right. (laughs) There's no such so people still came into the bank. And so if Heath Sharon came up to my bank teller line, I'd say, hey, Heath, where's your auto insurance? Oh, Cindy over here would love to talk to you about that. You want to go talk to her? <laughs> there you go. 
And okay. it turned out I was pretty darn good at it. So uh, won some awards on that front. And, you know, the, the 45-year-old, 50-year-old women who are also on the telling line were pretty pissed at me most days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Because I proved it was actually possible to cross-sell from a teller line. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an important feat. Yeah, I was doing that. And then uh, I was babysitting. And uh, my dad's cousin owned a catering company. So nights and weekends, you would find me at the, you know, whatever the wedding of the weekend was, slinging prime rib and uh, <laughs> big, big trays of everything. And then went back to school, kept doing it, got recruited in financial services, and then, you know, did that was when mortgages were hot and then everything turned to insurance and went back into banking and did sales training for insurance products, marketing, all that stuff. And then got recruited into very, very early on um, InsurTech before the word InsurTech was a thing. Wow. And that company sold the Zywave eight years ago. And yep. that's when I branched off on my own. So eight years ago, branched out on your own. Okay. So tell me about this a minute. Okay. So anyone that knows Kelly, um, and probably not as well as I do lately, but someone who knows Kelly knows how hard of a worker she is. And you travel a lot. You post that a lot. You know, you travel, you do the thing. Uh, is there something in the, in your past or something that, you know, uh, in the past, I don't know, 40 years, I should say, that made you that way? Was it something that you saw in your mom and dad or something that you just wanted Ooh, to? Now you're going to now you're start uncovering the real Kelly Donahue, the past. Um, Let's hear. I want to know yeah, what, what so makes you that way. So, um, so growing up, we were middle-class, right. But not in a great town. And, um, you know, my dad, he's deceased, but he was a severe alcoholic. And so to me, the deal was, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm not going to live in a severely depressed town with, you know, in a dysfunctional family. And so the only thing I knew was just, we got, I got to get out of here. And so that's why I just started working my butt off. So every moment I could work, even in high school, uh, it wasn't uncommon for me to do sports and then go to work or go work in sports, come home at nine o'clock at night. And it just seemed that like that was the key to getting out of that life and that lifestyle and moving on to a different world. And so it's always served me well. It's always something I can bank back on. Um, and so because of that, I just have a kind of probably a little bit of a crazier work ethic than some people. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So you probably don't, I, I'm a big fan of Yellowstone. Do you watch Yellowstone at all? Of course I watch Yellowstone. Okay, so if you, you don't watch, watch Yellowstone, you're not a person to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to date the podcast right now, but in last night's episode, I didn't watch it? it. I have not watched, I have not watched uh, any Yellowstone. So you can't spoiler well, alert this for me. I can't spoiler alert it, but I you will can't do you. it. You can't do it. Cause the two hour premiere, like I have to be able to stay up that late. <laughs> uh, well, this, okay. I got you. Well, I won't spoil it then. But okay. one of the things they talked about was this very thing was okay. about hard work and getting where you're at, being a hard worker. So uh, tell me, okay, I heard uh, a little bit about, and your dad's name was Jeff, right? Yes. So tell me about Kathleen, Kathleen right? That's my mom, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so tell me about Kathleen. I've heard a little bit about, you know, your dad. Tell me about Kathleen a little bit. What was that like for her being married to the <laughs> alcoholic and trying to raise you and your brother, Tim, right? Oh my God. Well, we are, if you do any, like, and I've gone to many years of therapy to, to, to go through all this. I'm not ashamed of that. I think everyone, I think everyone should have a therapist just because you got to figure out your stuff. But, um, my mom is the definition of codependent. <laughs> so, okay. so, uh, we were trained very young, like, you know, you know, you're going to keep this a secret. And, and by the way, it was a sign of the times. I'm not trying to trash my mom. There was, there was a time in American history where the two martini lunch was a very common occurrence. Right. So like, 
it wasn't quite like today's today's methodology. So for you youngsters out there listening, the two martini lunch really was a real a real strategy. And some people still participate in it. And I have participated in a two martini lunch in my day too. So don't don't go hating. But um, you know, that was, that was difficult. And, uh, you know, my brother, it, you know, he's kind of caught in, up in all of it, but the, the stereotypical, we were the stereotypical family in that situation. You, you had me as the high achiever. So I was the distraction for the dysfunction. So okay. I was the honor roll kid. I was this, I had this, I did this, blah, 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 blah. So like, there could always be a good front of it. It's not as bad as it seems. <laughs> so your success where you're at now is, would you say it's more of an in spite of the way you grew up? No, um, I think that, you know, uh, listen, I feel like in everybody's life, like, I don't feel like I'm that different than most people. Everybody's got something, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there's people who've had far worse childhoods than I had by, by every stretch of the imagination. There's people who've had far better. And then there's people who have golden handcuffs where you think that your childhood's horrible. And it's like, I would, I would pay you to be adopted by your family, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I think it's all point of view. And it's funny when you get married, you see how other families work. You really only know how your family works in all reality. So I feel like everybody has to take advantage of the situation that they have and what they want out of life. Sure. Because if, if you're like, yeah, like you're given these cards, what do you have to do with them? It's the whole point of life is that you're going to face adversity. And if you face adversity enough, you have to develop the skills of what you're going to do about it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think what happens is some people face those skills and figure it out. And some people, it paralyzes them and you kind of get stuck and you, you don't have maybe those same skills or no one brought it out on you or didn't get that kind of help that you needed to figure out how to get yourself unstuck. And that, that can happen a lot of times. So I don't know if it's in spite of, I think it's more, um, I would not be who I am today. Had I not been in those situations, I can say that hundred percent. I might, I might have far different path in life and I wouldn't change it either. Sure. Now with that, you know, okay, you're in a relationship business. We all are. If you're listening to this mm-hmm. show, you're probably in the insurance business. We're in a relationship business. Was that a, an uphill battle for you to trust people and to be in that relationship type building business, having the family you've grown up with or the family, you know, your father and seeing that with your mom and dad, Tim? No, um, I don't think so. Like I, I, um, I'm actually a pretty trusting person. Uh, it's a little bit trust, but verify. And I, I'm more of a trust. You get once you get one shot, you know, yeah. and like, if it gets burned then there's some boundaries, I'm friendly, but I, there's not, um, yeah. there's like a, there's like, there's a little molt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think so. In fact, I redefined family a long time ago. So my family is not just my genetic family. I have a whole family of people that I know, you know, love me and care about me and trust me that just might not have my same DNA. Right. No, the family you choose. Lots of family I choose are, are involved in my life. And I still care about my family family. You know, there's well, of course just you do. Yeah, I get that. Um, so you let's fast forward a little bit. You mentioned 10 years ago, um, you got married, met, got married to Andrew. Yeah. Um, who tell tell us about Andrew? Who is Andrew? We don't get to see a lot of Andrew. I, <laughs> no, he's not on Facebook. Um, I scoured. I, I had not. my team. he's on Instagram. I had, the, can, I had the research and development team at yeah. Insurance Town. Look for Andrew. Tell me he about Andrew, Facebook. what he means to you, what that is. <laughs> he hates Facebook. Um, so it's very funny because, um, I shouldn't say funny, but so there's a couple of things I knew that growing up, like I, I didn't want, and I didn't ever know. I was like, I might not ever get married. I, I don't know. Right. I didn't want to have kids. I knew that very organically. Even as a little girl, I was like, this seems dumb. <laughs> so I know you love your kids. And I'm sure if I had one, I would love it. But 
Even right. talking to Nicole, who, you know, works here. She's like, yeah, we spent all day at basketball games from uh, 9 a.m. till 4.30 p.m. That makes Saturday. you want to throw up in your mouth a little I bit. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> See, we, 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 we love that kind of stuff, but I, I, know, I listen, I understand that. that. I understand, but I'm thinking like, I could have been working out. I could have been reading. Like I could have been, I just, you know, if they're your own, it's different, but you have to understand sure. outsider going to like your kids' basketball games. It's like, what, why am I here? <laughs> like, imagine just going to a stranger's kids' basketball game. You'd be like, why am I here? It's, it's only innately in your own DNA that you want to attend children's sporting events. Sure. <laughs> Like so you, you will not go back and be like, Hey, let me go hit up a youth basketball game just for fun. You will never do that. No, <laughs> no, I hear you. Unless it's, you know, my grandkids or nephews. Or yeah. Whatever. But that's but. again, DNA, DNA has a strong component of pulling you into things you wouldn't normally sign up for. <laughs> right. Okay. So you knew that going into, that. you know, I, knew that I did not want to have children. And, um, I had dated many people, but like, they always tried to change me, right? Like, why do you have to travel? Like, why do you want to work so much? Like things like that. And it was just like, well, because I, my why, you know, everyone talks about their why. I never really got this until probably like, I don't know, two, three years ago. I was like, what's my why? Everybody says their family or the kids. And I was just honest. It's not really my why. Um, like I'm not getting up every day for this why. And so um, it took me a long time to figure out my why. And I, I honestly think if people unpack it a little bit. The idea that your family is your why I say your that can be one of your whys, but you have to have your own why as a person too. Right. Like I think the family thing is sometimes a little bit of an easy way out and it's a powerful thing. Like I would do almost anything for Andrew, but he's not my why, like, he's not like why I work, you know, sometimes the way I do. So it, for me, it was, if I was like on my deathbed, I would be so upset with myself if I didn't hit my full potential. Like, I feel like I've been given God-given gifts. I feel like I've been given a blessing to be able to help people. And if I was not able to do that at the level that I think I can, I just feel like it would just be such a waste. And that really became my why. And so Andrew never asked me to change anything that I did. He just supported it. And that was why we got married. <laughs> and so and what, so Andrew, so as a matter of, he didn't ask you to change mm-hmm. uh, and did you and Andrew date for a long time before you five got years married? yeah five years five years so you put that guy through five years before you finally said yes well it was actually very hysterical about how <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll tell you this story he might kill me maybe he won't kill me but um so we decided he we were going to find me now so he, yeah like we decided we were going to get married and we were broke I mean we were broke like broke like like, I mean, like, I mean, like there were weeks where it's like, okay, like there's ramen for dinner broke. And, you know, like you're in your, I got married when I was 30. We were like in our late twenties. Right. So, um, so he scraped together enough money, but he worked for the Pawtucket Red Sox, the farm lead of the Red Sox. And so we were going to go pick out the, he was going to go pick out the ring. And we had this whole thing set up. Chris Paradiso is one of our good friends and he has one of his clients is diamond broker. So not going to like the jewelry store, where it's all marked up. It's like the behind the scenes market, right? Well, what ends up happening is the day he's supposed to go, which this guy's not open to the public, right? So it's like, yeah. you have to have the handshake, the wink, the nod. And uh, so it turns out that the Red Sox had to make up a team um, or make up a game. And so they had to make it up that day due to rain delays and other things. So he literally hands me a wad of cash and says, 
go pick out your ring and bring it back home. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So we went and I grabbed my mom and my mom was like trying to appraise all of her jewelry at the same time, which was just like, okay. She found out that the ring my dad gave her, they were divorced, had like this big flaw in it. And I was like, well, mom, what, you know, what, what, what did you expect? Like, just like, let's do it. We go out and he picks out like these little like Coke bags of diamonds everywhere. <laughs> Grab a ring. We go get a sandwich, come back, have the ring and I hand it to him. And I'm like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> now get on your knees and ask me to marry you. No, it was still like weeks after that. Still like okay. weeks after that. Well, he had to like coordinate everything. But then that was even funnier because he went kayaking and there was like this little like secluded island. I'm like, well, he's going to do it here. Nope didn't get the guts up to do it. Even though I picked out the ring, like this was, it just, then we went out for a beachfront walk and I'm getting eaten by mosquitoes. And then these two idiots are like, they have a hole in their boat and they're like drowning out in the ocean. (laughs) And I was just like, why don't we just get this done right now? (laughs) That's funny. But then we got engaged and we got married 90 days later. (laughs) Nice. And um, what's it like for, I mean, does he have a tough time with you traveling as much as you do? I actually think it works better for us. Like um, we both have our own individual lives. And when I'm home, it's like we're home and we're doing our things. And then like when we're apart, he's got his stuff. I've got my stuff. So sometimes it gets a little excessive and he'll make some, he'll say like, it's a little excessive right now. It's usually when there's other stressful things in life going on. Like we're remodeling our house or like the dog's sick. It's usually something like that. But for the most part, we're, we're a couple that's very clear on our goals and where we want to be in 10 years. And so he is the biggest cheerleader for like what needs to happen here to get that to that level. So all right, you brought her up. I wasn't going to yet, but you brought her up. You don't have kids, but no. you do have America. Do Tell have us America. about America. <laughs> So uh, America was our COVID dog, is our COVID dog. So America, uh, we had lost our dog. We took an emergency flight home from Iceland to put our dog down, Roxy, which, you know, so that was that was a horrible phone call to get. She was almost 16. The only reason we were going to Iceland because it was a good friend of ours birthday. And that was her request. But she, Roxy was almost on her last legs when we left. So we didn't know. Exactly. We thought she'd probably have a couple more weeks, but either way. So then, you know, Andrew didn't want another dog because like Roxy was the dog. There's no dog. dog. She was a Sharpay, the wrinkly dogs. Mm. (laughs) I love those. Yeah. So she was, we're never getting another dog in his mind. We're never, ever getting another dog. He. So is it your dog or his dog? So it was my dog. I'd gotten her maybe six months before I met him. So actually we, you know, being in your twenties, it was a community dog between my roommates and I. Then one of them went to New York. One of them went to their masters. Now I had a dog. (laughs) Right. Um, And so anyway, community dog Roxy comes and goes. And so then COVID hits and I'm just like, I really want a dog. So it was gotten to the point where I was like, for my birthday, I want a French bulldog. Like that's all I kept telling him. And he was like, no, we're not getting another dog. So (laughs) then we started looking at like Roxy's, the Sharpay's online. We found this one dog and I'll never forget it. Its name was Mushu because like, like the Chinese food, because yeah. it's a Chinese dog. And so then yeah. we kind of fell in love with Mushu on its pet finder profile. Um, Mushu was already adopted. <laughs> ah, okay. I know. So then it was like, I just kept getting the emails and this dog Molly Moo comes up. And they have this like floral crown on her and like they dress them all up in these stupid outfits and stuff. And I sent it to Andrew and he's like, oh, that one looks good. And I submitted it. And that an evening I got a call. I was like, you get Molly Moo. And I was like, oh, great. 
but you got to come pick her up at 7 a.m. tomorrow. She's literally on a freight bus, like, like trailer. We rescued a hundred something dogs from a kill shelter and you have to pick her up tomorrow at 7 a.m. Now it's COVID. So all the stuff's closed. Like nothing's open past like six. I'm like, I don't have a dog bed. I don't have food. I have like literally nothing. And at 7 a.m. I'm going to drive an hour and a half to go pick up this dog. Right. And we make the best of it. And I go there and I'm like, hey, I need Molly Moo. And they're like, we don't have a Molly Moo. I'm like, don't tell me I drove an hour and a half at 530 in the morning. You don't have my dog. Like, is this a scam? What's going on? And they're like, the only dog left we have is America. And I was like, well, here's the dog, Molly Moo. <laughs> they must have mislabeled her. Her name is America. And I was like, well, that's good because the name Molly Moo wasn't going to stick. That's a dumb name for a dog. And little Miss America comes and she's just this cute little 30 pound love bug. And by the way, adopting a dog is as is equally as expensive as buying one when you have to rehabilitate them. <laughs> yes. She went yes. through, she had parasites and mites and skin issues. And we spent a year getting this dog to be healthy. So that is our, that's our buddy, Miss America, who has wrapped us into somehow going to doggy daycare every single day. Cause it's her favorite place. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, same thing with my dog. Titan loves the doggy daycare. So America is what kind of dog? That's a great question. <laughs> okay. Um, they build her as um, part boxer, part something else, and maybe a little pit bull. <laughs> so America may fit that name perfectly then with uh, you know, all the different uh, nationalities and all the different things that come together. Oh, it's amazing. The vet calls her Miss America. So her medication had Miss America as her name. <laughs> um, that's, that's fantastic. Yes, you can. We had, and this was during the election we got her. So it was, we're making America great again because yeah, she okay. was the best yeah. property when she came to us. So we yeah. were making, and she's black and white. So there was a lot of racial tension. So we also were like, this is the dog that can bring everyone together. <laughs> there you go. I think, I think America, uh, talking about the nation, the nation, we need more of America. We need you to post more pictures of America. Have secretly. Top secretly, I feel like I could get in and like take a distressed politician, like someone who's maybe got some some negative things going on and on their profile and their pipeline. And I could say, here, you could borrow our dog and this could be your public like, you know, like everyone yes. loves to see someone with a dog. It's like you could borrow my dog named America for Instagram photos <laughs> for a certain price. I would probably sell my dog out for that. There you go. Yeah. You know, so America is, um, she's our bud. Yeah. She just, she's a little love bug and, uh, you know, I don't have children, but I think I spend about as much as I would on a child on that dog. So I was going to say when you and I talk on the phone, which is pretty regularly, it is either insurance or America. Uh, occasionally Andrew gets, you know, sprinkled in there, but it's usually America. Well, yeah, so, she's my, she's my best bud. So, yeah. you know, she's dogs have a very special way about them. Yeah, they do for certain <laughs> guys. Guess what? We're at a mid roll ad. I want to talk to you about my friends over at canopy connect. They are your one click solution to getting all of those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. And not only that, now you can get uh, that one click, that link to send out to your referral partners, to send out to whether it's a lender, a realtor, uh, your mama, <laughs> your, your B&I friends, your uh, networking groups, chamber of commerce, wherever you find your networking and your referral partners, 
you can create them their own customizable link that they can use as well. Those deck pages still come to you on your dashboard. Unbelievable. It's a great product. Uh, they've been with me since the beginning, and I'm a, such a huge fan of Casey, Robert, Tolga, the whole team over there at Canopy Connect. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath and check out your discount, get you a demo, do the whole nine. Hey, if anything else, just go check it out. Tell me what you think about my video that I uploaded on uh, the website. That's usecanopy.com backslash Heath. I'd be interested to see what you think. Let's get back to the show. So we've got Andrew, we've got America. Okay, so I'm going to play a game that my dad plays with me and my kids a lot. So Uh-oh. push comes to shove. Yeah. Uh, if you had to spend an entire day with America or with Andrew, who would you choose? Mm, probably Andrew, just because like I don't get to see him that much. Um, <laughs> you don't get to see America, him like, Well, I don't see her, but like America, you know, like with your dog, like you could, so you take them to get the Starbucks puppuccino, you take them to the dog park, they forget you exist because now there's puppies and, you know, all this stuff going on. Then you watch a movie and snuggle and it's like, you know, okay, you're the greatest thing ever. But like actual quality time, like phones down and everything with an adult, I think is harder than people realize. Uh It is. It really is. And that's something that we all struggle with, I think. Um, So... All right, so Andrew got a little something out of that. You know, he, he might make up for telling the story about handing you a wad of cash to buy your engagement, which I think is fantastic. It's just a story of us, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's oh, got yeah. this story. Like, we don't have, like, the ooey-gooey relationship of, like, there was a photographer, and we were in the Eiffel Tower, and, like, you right. know, then he proposed. It was, there was, it was, like, there was people drowning, and we were getting eaten by mosquitoes, and that's just, that's how we roll. Like, that's. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's the story of us, right? There you go. Okay. So early on in our friendship, uh, you and I, one of the things I love uh, about our text relationship is uh, you like to send GIFs and is it GIF or GIF to you? I say GIF. I say GIF, GIF, but well, it was, I don't think you even know this. It was Um, a lot of office space stuff early on with GIFs and GIFs. What would you say? Is that one of your favorite movies? What is your favorite movie? What, oh. What's Kelly's favorite movie? Well, I was just going to tell you this. Um, I forgot this. And Alex brought it up this week, um, our marketing person, on our team. And they were like, you know what? In, in some of the emails we should use more, like we should get Kelly her own gift. We should make Kelly into a gift. Yes. I was like, hold on. I did this back when gifts started getting popular. So like I gift myself like four or five years ago and I pulled them up and I was like, look, I'll have to send you the link. There's like 15 Kelly gifts, like oh, intentional nice. shot just for gifts when I was doing a video shoot. So I oh, have, that's perfect. I've got 15 Kelly gifts. Um, but the favorite movie. So <laughs> um, my favorite movie growing up, this is going to date me, was that ice skating movie, The Cutting Edge. <laughs> okay. The Cutting Edge. You know when they're at the Olympics and... Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? That's a great. I, I've never seen it. Uh, but what? I know... How did you never think like, this was like the greatest movie of like, all right, well, do you know what? Now you'll cry in that movie. So put okay. that, it's got to be on Netflix. Or something. <clears throat> so that was your favorite growing up. What about? Well, uh, Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, yes. Um, My favorite as that- well. Every we Christmas. ourselves the Griswolds. Um, so yeah. we I watch guess. that movie every single Christmas. I watch Independence Day every 4th of July. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. I gotcha. 
Well, who doesn't want to see Will Smith kick alien butt? And then Randy Quaid is in it. Like, Jeff Goldblum. Like, there is serious good moments in that movie. No, you're right. Uh, I get it for Christmas movies, but I've never had an Independence Day movie or a Valentine's Day movie or a whatever. I don't have a Valentine's Day movie, but um, Independence Day, first of all, like plays on loop on like TV. So it's like, all right, let's get up and watch me some. So it's like a Christmas day. story on TBS. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's your favorite movie of all time? Is it still cutting edge? No, probably not. You know, it's funny. I'm not like a huge movie movie watcher. Um, probably more into TV shows than movies. We're getting but, there next. So give me your movie. No, you know, the favorite movie. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I have different movies for different like places. Do you have an life. actor or an actress that you like? You know, I don't because I think most of them are like kind of garbage, to be honest with you. <laughs> like I they get paid you. a lot of money to do some things, which is fine. I mean, I do I do like Will Ferrell. Like I I mean, as you know from from our trade show booths, I do like Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do like wedding crashers and stuff like that. It just yeah. depends. I feel like movies are very it's like music, right? Like sometimes you want the sad movie, sometimes you want the silly movie. Like it's hard to say that there's like one favorite movie of all time. Cause I think it's so like, it's like, do you have a favorite song like of all time? Doesn't it depend on your, I do of all time. Like of it's all not time, moon. hands down. Dobie gray drift away. Best right. song. I listen to it every single week. Uh, my kids like, uh, we have to hear Dobie gray one more time, but I love it. Um, I listen to it uh, on a regular basis. My favorite song. The next one, I have another, I have a second favorite song, which is Beyond. Um, uh, it's another great song. But anyway, so. Uh, I do listen to Lovely Day a lot. Like There you go. But that's yeah. not like my favorite song. That's just like a good way to start your day song. It is. It is. It is. Okay. So if you're a TV person, do you have a certain series? It's like your all-time favorite series. I've not watched- what you're watching now. No, I've watched every episode of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> we did talk about that not too long ago. There's like 47 seasons of that There's show. There's a bajillion well. seasons. And I'm not even saying it's that good anymore. I'm saying I'm committed to the cause. <laughs> like, like, I can't let go because I've grown up with Meredith Grey, too. Like, yes, you she's have. like my Y'all same just... age as me. You know, yes. she's like, like, so we've grown up together at this point. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I were talking about this. I told Stacy that you were a great name. She was like, I quit when George died. I was like, that was like three, like third season. Yeah. And I almost quit when McDreamy died. I actually watched yes. McDreamy die on the elliptical at the gym because I'd bring my iPad and like watch TV. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's what got you. You cried at that. I oh my God. Quite, if you didn't cream when McDreamy died, that was like, that was rough. I, was I, I never one. saw that. I was more of a McSteamy guy than McDreamy guy. But well, it's the same thing, McDreamy, McSteamy. But like Meredith's husband, there, you know, like when he died, that was just it was a horrible, it was a horrible moment in TV. Oh, dude, when George died, I, I lost it for a, a while there. Uh, George was hard, yeah. But there's been a lot of deaths. <laughs> well, okay, so answer me this real quick, and we're probably losing my audience. They probably checked out. But um, <laughs> what what happened to? Um, What's her name? Uh, her person. I blanked on her. Oh, um, Christina. What happened to her? She's no longer She's out in Switzerland being like a little badass, like doing okay. crazy surgeries out in Switzerland with some grant. Yeah. Because I, I turned on one day by accident and saw that she wasn't on there anymore. I was like, what the heck? Um, yeah. So they anyway. still text. So. <laughs> Say what? They still text. Oh, okay. There you go. As long as they still do that. Yeah, they still text. Um, so... 
we already got into music. So if you had a go-to music style, what would it be for you? Are you oh, it's definitely nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah, like like nineties R and B, like nineties grunge, like all 90s. of it, like all of it. Pearl Jam's probably one of my favorite bands of all times. There um, you go. You I can't like understand what that guy says. No, 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 no. You just you don't listen to the right Pearl Jam music then. Um, oh, I gotcha. I got gotcha. you. Know you got you listen to the real stuff. I love Elton John. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a, uh, but I don't listen to a ton of music either. Like I listen to a lot of music on my Peloton. That's about it. I got you. <laughs> Whatever they're throwing up on the Peloton is what I listen to. And then, I mean, I go to Orange Theory Fitness um, almost every day I'm home. And so they do a lot of like mixture of music. So I was going to get into that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. So as long as I've known you, which seems like 10 years, but it's only been like a year and a half. Um, but you know, it's why, uh, you know, we're, we're tight. I but- hear you. Tell me about, okay, health and fitness is a big thing for you. Um, yeah, sort of. <laughs> you talk about it a lot. You've done the 75 you. hard. You talk about Orange Theory. You eat right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you couldn't even drink with me and Stacy when you took us to dinner because you were- well, I was on 75 hard then, so yeah. So is there a reason for that? Have you battled weight issues all your life or is that a thing? Oh, look at you. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I am not a naturally slender human, right? So uh, I can balloon up like a tick in 10 seconds if I want to. <laughs> well, I, I've yet to see that. Uh, no, it's very, it's very possible. And living life on the road, it's actually, it's very easy. Like, you know, I was texting you like dinner out, dinner out, dinner out, dinner out, not sleeping the same way you would and stuff like that. So you have to put rails on living on the road. Um which 75 hard really kind of taught me, but uh, like, it goes back to that whole thing about potential, right? So how do you be, how do you hit your potential? Well, like there's people that run marathons. Like, how do they do that? They're no different than you and I, maybe the time is because I'm not like a little like spring-legged Kenyan that can just bounce around with running, you know, running. Have you ever seen it? I've gone to the Boston marathon. Like it's amazing. They have a whole different body composition. Oh yeah. My dad Um, ran the Boston marathon. You ran it? No, my dad did. Oh, go dad. You know me. I'm big. I, I, I mean, like, well, I walked a marathon. So I I did the 26 miles for breast cancer one year. Um, there you go. A lot of it's just like, how do you, how do you feel your best? And like, I don't think that people really, until you, until you get healthy enough where you can feel your best. And this is everything to me from food allergy testing. Like you, you and I talk about your food allergy. I've got a food allergy. Like there's a lot of things you're intolerant to. If you don't get your sleep under control, like how many people here? Oh, I got a terrible night's sleep. I got a terrible night's sleep. Well, what are you doing about it? Right? Like if you don't get good night's sleep, you are probably not going to get to a place where you can hit your potential. I'm not saying every night, but you have to hit the maximum with it. It's the same thing about what you eat. It's the same thing about working out. Like it's very basic stuff. A lot of it to me, where I think people get all screwed up is discipline. You have to wake up and have the discipline to do those things, even when you don't want to. But if I'm tired, the best thing I can do is work out in the morning. Yeah. So an extra 45 minutes of sleep isn't going to change anything. As she just said how important sleep is. (laughs) But like, but like, you know, like you don't, you're not really sleeping at some point. It's not like dead sleep. It's like, it's the guilt sleep. I should be working out. I should be working out. I should be working out. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So you're, you're a sales consultant or a insurance performance, a thing, a thing. <laughs> so if you were to be, you know, take a minute right now on my show yeah. live and talk to account managers, producers, agency owners about oh. the, uh, you know, the importance of mental health of, you know, 
just your health, health, you know, the, just the importance oh, yeah. of for just a minute, do that for me right now. Here's your platform. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't speak to that enough. I think like it's your job to be the best person you can be and whether that's dealing with mental health issues. And sometimes it's not mental health. Sometimes it's just how to deal with situations, right? Like you have to figure out how to get yourself in healthy relationships. And that's a whole, all different types of relationships, right? Whether it be friendships, work relationships, spousal relationships, you have to figure out how to put yourself in a situation with people who are really cheering from you and for you and not holding you back. And you will outgrow people. And it's a really hard, hard thing to go through. But I think the biggest and clearest thing I want to tell everybody is you have to know what you want. And you have to be able to communicate that, right? Like, if I feel like, oh my gosh, I have to go home and do the laundry and do this and do that. And I, I talk to women about this all the time. It's like, well, my husband doesn't empty the dishwasher the way I like it. I'm like, I didn't know that there was a process and procedure for dishwasher emptying, you know? And I'm like, and maybe if they did it three or four times, it might get better. I don't know. But like the idea that you have to burden yourself with all the things is crazy to me. I don't think that that's the, it, that's the case in any way, shape or form, but I feel like you are in charge of you. And if you're not working on yourself, a percentage of your day and every you're working on everybody else, that's when you're going to burn out. And it's just, it's not going to be good. You have to be able to communicate and tell people what you want and set boundaries with people too. There you go. Look at you got your soapbox in there. I, I wanted to give you something because, you know, we talk a lot about insurance. And so I didn't want this one to be about insurance as much, but I know that's a platform of yours. Um, yeah. Another one, if I've got, I've got five or six minutes, I want to ask okay. you about another one that may yeah. or may not be a platform for you. We haven't gotten into this much, but um, there is importance. I, I'm raising two daughters um, yes. and I'm very proud and I'm going to try Say what? Not one, but two. That's true. And I'm, I'm going to have to be quiet because I'll start crying. So anytime I talk about Stacy, I get you know upset, but uh, because I love her that much. But I'm proud of her as being a CEO. Now you did cry at that. I remember that. I was telling you my story about Stacy and my first wife. of all, first of all, you were crying first. <laughs> well, yeah, but then you cried. I well, it's that. hard to not get tear. I wanted to cry in solidarity. Don't you crying in solidarity? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you know she really does care. You were just crying because I was crying. But anyhow, I, it was it was a group cry. It was a group cry. Um, I do remember that. And I and I ugly cried, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, the mayor ugly cried. But it was first say, like third day on the job. I'm like, I've already made him cry. This is not going well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was one of those things. Um, so talk to me about, you know, is that a, a platform of yours, you know, helping other women in the industry or outside the industry? Yeah, here's my thing. And I just don't want to say just women, like I like helping people. But I find that especially women in this industry, like there's some things I really fight against, like we should not call them the girls. Okay, like I'm just gonna I'm gonna do my little my spiel. They're not oh, that girls. makes me cringe every time I hear all oh, the girls. They're licensed agents. And I think I told you this, like one of my clients was really funny. He's at a bar and these people are like, Oh, I sent it to the girls. Isn't the girls. And he goes, where do you hire eight-year-olds? <laughs> like, where do you hire? Eight-year-olds? I don't, I mean, I hire licensed female agents, but where do you hire eight-year-olds? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so ridiculous. Right. They're licensed agents. And I hate it when I hear people say, I'm just a CSR. I'm just an account manager. I'm like, no, you're not. You're managing millions of dollars of premium, like own it. Put your shoulders back and put your head up high. I can't stand it when I hear women say, I'm not a salesperson. I don't like sales. Well, then like education, because yeah. like education, take the S word out of it. The S word's garbage. You're not selling anything, actually. 
fact, the best insurance agents I know don't sell a single thing. They educate. Right. And then I also look at it from the perspective of in this industry, anybody, anybody in this industry, this is like the America of, of, of industries you could be in. You can write your own ticket. You can make as much money as you want. If you work on yourself and get good at it, if you are just an account manager, if you're a producer that only wants to work six hours a day, you'll make nothing. Okay. Like, but if you have goals and you know what you want, maybe you want work-life balance. This is an industry where you could be home at your kids' games every day at five. And, and no one is going to really say boo about it as long as you hit your goals, right? You could be networking at your kid's soccer game. Like this is the industry where you can literally get anything that you want, but you have to stop thinking small and stop having a limiting mindset. And that's for everybody. Right. There's so much money in this industry. It's crazy. Right. No, you're exactly right. You know, but you have to listen and you have to have a growth mindset. You can't have a, a you know, you can't have, you have to have the abundance mindset, not the scarcity mindset. You're exactly right. I love it. Um, so one last thing. I got a few more minutes. Uh, I keep saying one last thing, but I'm going to take every moment that I have. I'm going to get okay. it. She's very regimented in her schedule, ladies and gentlemen. And so she's got a hard stop. So I'm making sure I respect your hard stop. But, and I have uh, to eat a peanut butter rice cake in between. <laughs> oh, I'm my Lord. I, I I'm would... just kidding. I'm just kidding, but I do. <laughs> yeah, right. So, okay. Believe it or not, um, Kelly Donahue Piro has haters. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, the mayor has haters. I, I get it. But if you were to say anything hate. right now to people listening to my show that might be a hater of Kelly Donahue Piro, is there anything you would say to them right now? Um, you know, here's the thing. You know, if I'm all for if you're not, I'm not your cup of tea. I think that's great. But I love what Dave Chappelle said is like, you can't cancel me without a conversation. Right. Like, so if you're not, my, you know, you're not picking up what I'm putting down, I would say, have we ever had a real authentic conversation? Have you said, Hey, I'm confused about why you do this. Like, have you had a conversation or are you in judgment zone? And the older I get, the more I really force myself out of judgment zone. It's like, Nope, I'm judging that. That's not the person I want to be. It's to catch myself on that a lot. The other thing I, I, I always go back to my grandfather is one of my heroes. I'll tell you a quick story about my grandfather, which is good for the podcast, but, um, so my grandfather always said to me, he's like, you shouldn't care about what other people think about you if you wouldn't trade places with them. And I can tell you that there's very few people I would trade places with. And those people I trade places with, those are people I'm trying to network with and become friendly with and, and help them because you're the collection of five people you spend time with, right? That's so right. Do I want to spend time with people that are small-minded, that are like texting back and forth, all this haterade and stuff like I, I don't. I don't have the bandwidth capacity or sanity to deal with that. Like that goes back into like some of the mental things I've done to say there's boundaries. Like I don't really need that in my life. I need supporters, not people I have to work with all the time. But you know, so the people who don't like me, I understand and I appreciate that. And I don't need to be everybody's cup of tea. But I would say, have you had an authentic conversation with me? Have you asked me about some of the things that maybe you don't like about me? Or are you judging me from afar? And if you're if you're a judgmental person, you're cool that that's great. At 40 years old, it's one of the things that I work on every day is trying to catch myself judging something versus experiencing it and having my own take on it. Um, but I promised you a grandfather story. So my grandfather, one of the greatest guys ever, he's no longer with us, but he was a medic in world war two. And so he had five girlfriends when he went to war 
And he said the one that wrote to him the longest he would marry when he got back, which turned out to be my grandmother. <laughs> yeah. That's he had awesome. little journals. He had a little spreadsheet, like a little handwritten spreadsheet of like, you know, who was writing to him and everything else. But anyway, they were going over the battle of the bulge and they didn't have an American flag. And so his platoon gathered scraps because he was a medic. He knew how to sew. He hand sewed, sewed, stitched. That works. American flag to go over the Battle of the Bulge so that they had an American flag. And so that's actually in um, one of the uh, forts in Georgia that I still have to go see. It's been closed due to COVID. Wow. That's a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he he never told anybody his words. So my other grandfather, super cool. He was in the Navy and he dropped out of high school to get into the Navy. He, that's how bad these guys wanted to go. They want to go see the world, right? You know, he was in Japan. He saw all these crazy things. So we never knew this until like the, the local newspaper comes out and there's a picture of my grandfather on the cover. He's 80 years old and he's getting his high school diploma. <laughs> wow. Because they did like a ceremony for anybody who went that never graduated yeah. high school. And he didn't tell anybody because he didn't want anybody knowing he didn't actually graduate high school. So he went all by himself. <laughs> wow. And I was like, well, surprise, you, your cover is blown, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I come from some pretty cool grandfathers. They're uh, they're pretty special people. That is really cool. Very cool. Um, well, okay, so you've addressed your haters. Uh, that's my, I guess I did. I mean, I just you love them harder. But I think that's I think that's you great. And, yes, um, but I also think going back to especially now that you and I are, are working together, which yeah. uh, again, the last two minutes, I'll, I'll make the the announcement that you know I already kind of alluded to earlier. But, uh, you know, APP is now an official sponsor of the show and we are pumped about it because, you know, what I, I want to do with, with my audience and my citizens is connect uh, the city as a whole. You know, we've got a cover desk who's already BFFs with APP. We are BFFs. Uh, yeah, and, I agree with that. Um, you know, I've got Smart Choice, who's a phenomenal partner of mine that I think will be able to work very well with you. And we also have Canopy Connect and all of my my people that come together. Uh, and so not only are you a sponsor here, I'm also working with you at APP and I'm excited about that. But just like we were talking about earlier, there's two different personalities between you and I, obviously. Totally. Um, and, and that's a good thing, by the way. That's not a bad thing. No, it totally is. So you're going to have some people... Uh, that you've worked with forever that are, are used to Kelly's style, that if you tried to say, hey, you're going to work with Heath, they might say, I hate that guy. He's too loud. He's too friendly. He wants to hug all the time. He cries. I don't like that guy. Just like someone, you know, that I've worked with in the South that's used to hugging and crying and all the things may not want to work with someone from the Northeast. But that's cold New Englanders, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I think it works though. And obviously, You've built an incredible company over the last eight years, and I am I'm very impressed by that. And I've gotten to see behind the curtain a little bit, and this girl is legit. Uh, this lady and her company, do they do love working with agents. They do want to help you become better at what you do. And the things that they do, I can proudly say good things about them because I've seen now behind the curtain. So when I'm doing promos or talking about APP, it comes from that place of you do care. You do love what you do. It's not just a job. Well, a lot of our clients are friends, right? Like I say, yes. Nicole today, I'm like, I stay at their houses. Like I know their kids, like this is not just a very like stoic thing. One of our clients, I, you know, I can't disclose, but he's like, I hate consultants, but I love you. Right. <laughs> I like, 
He's like, you're just more of like, you, you're like an employee here. You're not like a consultant. And um, that stuff makes me very proud and happy of the fact that people trust us with their business, but also that, you know, that's our reputation out there. And my reputation is incredibly important to me because I feel like as a consultant, that's all you have. So it really is. And you say on your LinkedIn tagline, you're a BFF to insurance agent owners or whatever. So I think that's fantastic. Uh, I think I have more insurance friends than outside of insurance friends. <laughs> that, that goes I'm for like, the mayor as well. I was like, I, totally I, was like I have like a handful. I have like a little squad of non-insurance people. <laughs> I hear you. So. Well, uh, it, well it, we're super happy that you're on the team. Yes. And I'm super happy that you're a sponsor and you're a citizen now and you are. A whole... And we're going to do this a couple times a year. We're not necessarily just like this, but just, you know, yes. what I would say to your listeners is, you know, we'll do this, but I think like every other month or something like that, I forget what we talked about, but like send in a question for Heath and I to talk about, right. Yes. Like make it so that, you know, like you'd send into Oprah or something like, you know, yes. we can't have Tom Cruise jumping on a couch and we can't give people cars, but we can't answer your insurance questions. That's very true. So real quickly, I know you're over time. Give an email address for contact, anything like that real quick, and then we'll go. Just go to agencyperformancepartners.com. It's easy. Take the 12-question quiz on your agency, and then Heath Sharon might give you a call if you're lucky. Hey! Hey! You go do you, and I'm going to go wrap this up. Go get your kids. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Bye. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with me and Kelly today. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation, and I hope that uh, you got something out of it. And I hope you got to learn a little bit more about Kelly and the type of person that she is and where she came from. And I learned a little bit more about uh, why she's such a good friend uh, and why uh, we at Insurance Town love her so much and love her company and so proud to have them as a sponsor. And um I'm just so uh, appreciative of all my sponsors being here and now welcoming them into the family of sponsors. Uh, So thank you again for checking it out. Um, Send us some questions. If you have any follow-ups or anything else you want to learn about, uh, about Kelly, do that. Anything else you want to learn in general, uh, please uh, reach out. Let's talk about it. And uh, I would love to hear from you. Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Guys, if you have an idea for your own show, uh, please reach out to my friends over at Get Ready, Set, Podcast. Uh, Get Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.